Hey, home, get down. Right on. Bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today, we'll take a look at growing a business, but growing a business in the social media world without going on social media. And you and I will find out next here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, text, listen to music or podcasts, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please. Drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Say my name, say my name. No one is around you. Say, baby, I love you. You ain't running games. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady and calling me baby. Why the sudden change? Say my name, say my name. If no one is around you, say, baby, I love you. If you ain't running games. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady and calling me baby. Better say my name. Say my name. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. As I was talking about earlier, we were talking about running a business, uh, or we were going to talk about running a business. But with this twist of doing it without going on social media. And uh, I saw a profile with somebody who said that he hasn't touched social media in three years. And I wanted to talk to him about that and also his business. And he's also an author. So I'd like to welcome to today's show, Walt Vieira. How you doing, Walt? Hey, doing good. How you doing, John? Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. You can call me JB if you want to. All so. right, JB. Yeah. So, like I stated, I saw your profile on one of the uh, sites that features... Uh, uh, possible podcast guests, and you know we live in a social media world. How do you run a um, what is a loan uh, home loan business? If I'm correct, yeah. How yes, do you do? Uh, I've been, how do you do that yeah. without touching social media? That's a great, great question, and it's. I'll say that uh, the last three years. Uh, I've been in the so I'm in the mortgage industry. Yeah, and I also 
That's I also the word I was looking as, for. Yeah, speak as well. And so uh, three years ago, when the pandemic first came out, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I pulled myself away from LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, and and then a few months later, Twitter as well. And prior to that, though, I had been I was doing uh, I was one of the first ones that got authorized to be able to do LinkedIn uh, videos. Um, at that time, LinkedIn was just coming out with it, and I was authorized to do it. Um, Facebook, I was doing face, you know, some Facebook lives, um, talking about just what's going on in my world, talking about mortgage information, sharing that information, all the things that you should be doing. I was doing that. I I was not real big on Instagram and, you know, with, with marketing, they say that you can, you know, pick a platform and, and go that route rather than trying to do multiple things. Uh, so I was really big on LinkedIn, uh, was posting a lot and trying to trying to be out there like they were teaching us. But I just at that time, I just got pulled away from from wanting to be on social media. And I think it was more of a not it had nothing to do with business because I'm a big, uh, you know, I was a real big believer in Gary Vee. I still am. I love Gary Vee's stuff. Uh, Gary Vanderchuk, a great marketer, um, influencer. Um, a leader in when it comes to uh, marketing and business. And his thing was, you need to be out there on social media posting all the time. Well, I went the exact opposite way. And the funny thing was, is that the last three years um, have been the most profitable. And not just from a economic standpoint, profitable in a mental and spiritual, the whole, my, the whole thing uh, that we have to deal with on a daily basis. So um, I just, for whatever reason, I got pulled away from, from wanting to be on there. So, you know, and I'm used to, like everybody, being on social media, you get on Facebook, you scroll, scroll, like, comment. Mm -hmm. I, was, I, I was doing just like what everybody else is doing. In fact, did you know, like right now, I think the average person that's on social media is swiping and and, and uh, checking different feeds at least two and a half hours a day. Wow. And I, and so I was doing that same kind of stuff. I went from doing that to to pretty much cutting cold turkey, not 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 being on there at all. So how am I able to run a uh, manage a, a group of uh, mortgage professionals, loan officers? tell you it, it was very challenging because i'm tell i'm trying to <laughs> i was i went from showing them what to do to hey do as i say not as i do which is you know and um so it's very difficult when it comes from that standpoint because i i do believe that we should all be on social media okay. but i think that there's there's a there's a a missing link of being on social media versus being used by social media. Right. And I think, I think a lot of us in today's world are being used by social media. And that, I think I had a problem with that. 
So I pulled back from everything on my posts. I wasn't getting obviously any business from social media because how can you if you're not you're not out there being engaged? Um, and but I was still getting news. I was still able to run things. Today are having right. I mean, there's a there's a problem with with our youth and just with people in general because we can get our we get our value, our dopamine fix from the, from that swipe, right? right? From seeing what somebody else is po- posting, we get we 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 determine our value based off of how many likes we get. Um, and that's a, that, that's a problem. So I do plan on going on social media here soon. Um, I just have not done it yet. And it's one of those things that, okay, well, you've been off for so long. I don't miss it, but I need to get back on there to be able to use it. Um, and I, so it's something that I, 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 though I've been okay with being off of it, I do recognize that we on there to be able to do it. So the trick is, and I'm going to go through this process, is how can I be on there? without and post and comment without uh, caring uh, or trying to look for validation or or trying to get my value as a person um, without trying to, you know, from somebody's response. Uh, and so that's going to be tricky. And I have to I'm gonna learn how to go, go through that because in the past I would get I was always worried about what somebody was saying. And that, that's a tricky thing in, in life, as you know. So how, um, just on a personal level, how do you stay in touch with others? Or how were you staying in touch with other people? Yeah, so uh, I'll answer that by saying there were times where I would get an instant message on uh, like a Facebook instant mes- instant message. And I would respond to the message, or I, I got notified on my email that hey, so and so reached out to you, so I'd reach out to them. Um, or one of my, my, you know, my wife or my kids, they might come to me and say, hey, dad, did you see this? And they might show me something that was on uh, Instagram or whatever. Hey, Walt, check your Instagram message. I sent, I sent you something. Uh, so I might check the message. What do I? What I never did was scroll. I never scrolled to look at anybody's feeds to see what people were doing or saying. So how did I re- how did I communicate? Really with the or text messages to the people that I needed to talk to. Obviously I used my phone. I just was never on the platforms. So if you look at the number of hours that people are on social media today, two and a half hours, three hours, sometimes even more than that, always checking their, their feeds. That freed up two and a half hours of my time per day, so I was able to do other things, whether it was making phone calls to to, to clients or to my sphere of influence, um, versus being on social media and actually clicking a like. So I think I'm more engaged from a personal level uh, of just reaching out to people. Um, so I'll tell you, I did prior to going away from social media. I was one of the things that I was neglecting was like my personal email, right? If you look at that personal email, that's probably the worst way to market to somebody for the most part because they never check their emails, especially nowadays. 
it, um, it can be something that is not, I mean, it's a great marketing tool, but it, there's, it, there's a delay there. Not everybody's on there looking at that all the time. Where for me, it became my tool of being able to, uh, of communicating a little bit more, going back to the old fashioned, so to speak, of checking emails, sending out emails. But I was also sending text messages, so I wasn't out of the loop. Um, but what, what it allowed me to do is really focus in on, on business performing activities, income generating activities, which is talking to people like we're talking now versus um, scrolling for a few hours and, and, and thinking that I'm providing value that way. How was your anxiety level being off of oh, social media? <laughs> Being on social media. Yeah, so my anxiety level went to zero. If you think about when you look at what was going on during the last three years, you got everybody's opinion as to uh, what was going on politically, whether you believed in wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, and everybody's opinion, and this is what you should do, shouldn't do. If you're on social media, you're getting all of that. I got none of it. So I was really able to, it may sound corny, I was really able to go within. Uh, there is a mystic by the name of Sadhguru. Uh, he's a uh, author, uh, spiritual leader, I guess you could call him. He had a course about meditating, doing it twice a day. So I, I did that course. Um, I had the time to do it, and I felt so much better after doing that. So I wasn't focused on what was going on on the outside. I was focused on going on what's going on on the inside. And I don't know how it worked, but it worked because, um, again, like I was saying earlier, my relationships with my wife, with my kids, all got better. Uh, when people were talking to me, I was listening to them. Whereas before, I might be on my phone scrolling or doing something like that. That wasn't the case anymore. So I was more um, in the moment when somebody was, when I was talking with people. You know, back in the day, right? 10, 15, not, it wasn't too long ago. We didn't even have the internet, let alone social media. Correct. So it was back to that point of, of the old-fashioned listening to somebody, have a conversation, being intent, understanding what they're saying and trying to be genuine with them in my response. So my anxiety level went to almost nothing. Um, I, I was more productive um, because I freed up so many hours in my day. Um, you know, I'm not a, a guy who watches the news. Right. I try and watch just enough to be informed right. and realize, and realize you know, what what's coming across to me is an opinion of, uh, you know, of a platform that they want to give me a certain opinion that I should have. So I recognize that, but I would, I would get enough information to be informed. Um, but, uh, my anxiety level went to, it was just, you know, almost nothing. I felt better about myself, um, exercise, um, the little things made all the difference to me. I could see value in the smallest of things. So it really, really helped me out. But at the same time, I knew in the back of my head, and I'm still not there yet, hopefully this month uh, or into June, that um, I will be looking at coming back out and using social media because there is a great value in that, right? You can right. send one message and millions can hear it at, 
you know, um, in seconds. So not that, you know, or your sphere of influence and then some can, and it can be shared everywhere. So I do definitely see the value in that. And I look forward to doing that. Just listen to listening to you just brought about so many questions doing that. Um, you said you have children, right? Yes. How did you're you... older, but yeah. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to say, how did they handle you not being on social media? And did yeah. you try to get them not to be on social media? So, uh, my children are, you know, they're, they're adults now. They're young, you know, in their twenties. Okay. Um, so they're always on social media. And I did notice that you, you do notice when people are, when you're not on it, you do notice everybody when they are on it. Right. You do right. notice that. Uh, so I didn't try to tell them to get off of it all. I, they just knew that I wasn't on it. They respected it. Um, you know, uh, so there was no issue there. Um, it was a, it was, wasn't a bad thing. You know, TikTok came out over the last, you know, year and a half. I never got on TikTok. Uh, my, my daughter, uh, really liked TikTok. Um, and I can see the value in TikTok, but I can also, I also hear the, how it sucks you in to really just staying on there for hours and, and, and a long time, even maybe even longer than two and a half hours for some people. So no, for, with my kids, there was no issue at all. Uh, communication with them. Um, you know, my son likes to use Snapchat and message that way. Hey dad, I sent you a message you know, and you know, it might be days ago that I, I didn't look at cause I'm not on there checking messages. So they would have to, they knew they'd have to do it the old fashioned way. Either, but yeah, there was no issue at all as far as the communication with my kids and they respected it. Um, they realized that they, they, that they too probably should spend less time on it as well. Walt, how did it um, affect your relationship with your uh, customers? Did they feel like they weren't being serviced, or maybe they thought the service was a lot more personal? Uh, there was, so I was able to give um, better service, but I, in my opinion, right? I never, I never, there was never, they never suffered, but it goes back to, I need to get back out on social media because some people want to be communicated on instant messenger. They want to be some people email, some people phone, some people um, are getting their information from from Instagram, right? They're not so um, so. I need to be recognize that we all do. If you're a business owner, you need to recognize who, where do, where does my customer want to be communicated to? How do they want to be communicated to? So. I'm not going to say I, did, I missed out on some things because I'm sure I missed some customers because I wasn't um, I'm, wasn't out there trying to grow my social my brand on social media. I got to now start over and build my brand, and and then I'm going to be then those customers going to let me know how they want me to communicate to them. So I'm sh- none of my customers suffered, um, and we provide. I did. A, we did a lot of volume over the last three years in the mortgage world. And in our world, we went from the. Uh, we grew our our base to one of the top in our state of New Mexico, uh, one of the top lenders during that time frame. So, um, we didn't suffer, but you know, it comes down to really our customers and how they want to be communicated and where they want to be, how they want to be communicated to. So, uh, going I, when, as I come back onto social media. I need to recognize that and be, be able to provide an answer to be there for them 
in the best way I can to communicate to them where they want to be. Uh, then you you also mentioned having a staff. Were they on social media? Or did you also uh, kind of wean them off too during that period? Uh, that's that's a great question. Uh, I was always telling them, hey, you should do more on social media. And I would tell them, you know, I'm not on there, um, and I will be on there. But if you're trying to grow your business, so as I'm educating the, uh, uh, I was pretty big on video. Um, have no no fear of doing videos at all. The in, as a lot of people have a fear or an anxiety over doing a video. That's maybe it's happening less and less. But a lot of people still do, especially in the mortgage industry, where the average age of a loan officer is in their fifties. Um, they're they're really my focus was trying to get them to do videos and trying to get them to put themselves out there to do that. That's what I had done up until that point. So, and I was still trying to coach them on, on doing that and getting out there. They weren't off of it because of me at all. Not at all. Um, I had lo- But I did have loan officers. They would tell me, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing more posts per day. I'm trying to do this. So I did have that. And I would give them my opinions on certain things. But um, um, as a leader, you know, I, did re- I do recognize that um, I need to be out there again and, and helping lead the way. And you uh, and showing people how to use social media versus being used by it. That's an interesting phrase you use, not being used by it. Uh, do you have thoughts or examples of what you would consider being used by social media? Yeah, I'll give you an example. So if you pull up your social media and you go to your Facebook feed or Instagram feed, um, what you see what are you going to see on there? Are you going to see, um, you're going to see what you're, what you actually follow, right? What you right. actually are interested in, right? right? So the algorithms are set up that way. What you look at is what you're going to see. So for some people, if they're seeing, you know, um, a barrage of angry uh, videos of police chasing, that's the world that they're that they're viewing over and over again that's being you and it, is it serving you versus somebody else who might be more interested in um you know uh, something more positive right so you we always get what we focus on so if we're on social media and we're focused on looking at um vi- certain videos or certain things that are uh disturbing or mean or uh disparaging well, then that's the, what you, you're actually feeding that to yourself over and over again. And so what kind of person are you going to be because of that? You might be leaning towards that person that you don't want to be versus somebody who might be looking at more of maybe reading positive affirmations or more positive videos, motivational videos, right? So being used by social media is not recognizing and not focusing in on what you're actually looking at because the algorithms are going to give you what you are looking at. So be careful what you ask for, right? You ever, we've heard that before, right? In this case, be careful what you're looking at because you're going to get more of that to look at. Is it serving you as a business owner? Is it serving you as a human being, as a parent? Uh, is it serving you? Right. We have to be real careful of that because they, the, they're trying to draw you in to look at whatever it is that that interests you. And 
So we have to be real careful with that. So I would say that's an example of being used by social media is not being reco not recognizing um, what you're giving your attention to on social media. I guess I'm lucky in some sense. Most of my <laughs> uh, algorithms either go toward I'm uh, from a large family. Uh, either yeah. siblings or their children are um, sports. So, you know, now politics do creep in and the angry, the angry mob shows up, this, that, and the other. But uh, I've learned to, uh, and I don't know why there's a great fear of this, of doing what I'm about to say. Um, block, blocking what I don't want to see. And it just seems like some people can't, for some reason, do that. And I don't understand why. Do you have a theory on that? I think it's the fear of missing out. Um, and I think that's a great point that we could all learn from is blocking. You know what? Sometimes some people, your, your, your best friend Joe growing up, maybe they're, what they're posting is always something that just brings you down. Yeah. And if that's the case or gives you that feeling in your gut of, gosh, why is he always, why are they always doing that? Oh, it's too bad. It's too bad. Right. Then maybe you block them because if it's not going to serve you, why are you looking at it? If you really want to know how Joe's feeling, you could call him and talk to him. Right. Versus seeing his posts over and over again that are always the. Uh, whether it's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that like to post that, hey, poor me. Look what's going wrong in my world. And they get their dopamine fix. They get their value out of people responding to that, to their woe is me type of post. That's dangerous. Nobody wants to see that. Right. You see, we always get what we focus on. So I think blocking certain people may be the best thing that you can do. Yeah, 20 plus years ago I worked in a grade school and the internet was just being introduced at that time and the first um, uh, the first social media stuff was starting to break what was it uh, MySpace and they were yeah. they were teaching the kids which basically doesn't even exist anymore they were teaching the kids how to use the internet and how to go on MySpace but safely and and I was like, okay, but should the, should people this age in like you know this was a grade school, right. grade and middle school, and my thought was, should they be on this in the first place? You know, <laughs> being so young and so impressionable, and and you could just see the 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 roots sprouting of getting their self value out of you know what somebody posted or somebody wrote on their page and I you know and now you get to today and it's you know hundred times worse and people don't uh, don't know how to separate themselves out of that and I just found like I said I just found myself and you were correct I even had longtime friends where I just I would block them or I would uh, like on Facebook you can uh, silence them for 30 days and you hope that when the next time you see them, things have changed. Um, yeah. But, um, but we've That's raised right. a whole generation to be liked. And I think we, we're, uh, 
sowing what we, uh, or reaping what we sowed, which was to plant those seeds in their heads. And that's why we have a society now that acts out more and more because, you know, they're not getting self-value from where they think they should get self-value from. Yeah, and the amount of depression, right? Yeah. The amount, I mean, there's statistics that are showing the amount of depression that kids have. The uh, Right now, it's, it's it, you know, mental health that's being talked about more now than it, than it has been. I don't know that there's a whole lot being done about it. Hopefully there is, but that's a big problem, and it stems from what you just spoke about, is uh, the social media being used by social media and getting our sense of worth and well-being from that little screen that we carry with us all day, every day. Yeah, and that's I, scary. Yeah, I mean, I tried to um, cut back on the amount of times that I'm on social media or just scrolling. If I'm looking and reading something that's on social media, that's one thing, but just to be scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I, I'm going to be honest, uh, be, over the uh, lockdown, I became a... Twitter holic, and I really am trying to, like, wow. If you say if they're, if I'm addicted to something, I don't smoke, I don't drink heavily, <laughs> and uh, you know maybe one or two drinks over the weekend, and um, I clearly could say it's Twitter, and it's like, and and that's my new goal now. It's just to scroll off of it unless I'm really using it to. Uh, help my, you know, help myself either financially or, uh, or in some other means, but not just to st sit there and scroll and scroll. Because I found, I have found that um, scrolling makes you late for things. Scrolling makes you unhappy. Scro scrolling does a lot of negative things that, um, that people should just take a second look at. I, I agree. I was, um, March of 2020, I was off of social media with the exception of Twitter. Then I was I was scrolling on Twitter. That I was it was becoming a habit of mine at that time. And at that time, um, it, there was a lot of uh, political stuff being posted. And um, there was one time where somebody posted something on a political view, and I responded. And I noticed right away that these those bots right were responding and I recognized them as bots because I would I would not respond in a retaliatory way and the the information that was so it was then that I said okay wait a minute um, I'm not responding in a retaliatory way but what I'm reading here is really it's getting to me and I'm getting really angry and um, I need and so I turned off <laughs> stop Twitter stop Twitter as well right. so um, it's not it's look. We all have different things that we have to um, that you know that we could do be better at. And um, I'm by no means a saint. I just found that uh, getting off of social media, social media helped me in all aspects of my life. And um, and there is a place for it. And I I'm going to use it. One of the things that I got from that I learned from. Uh, being off of social media is, is uh, you know, a lot of times we're, we're not grateful for something until it's gone. Right. In fact, if I told you 
that you weren't going to have running water, how long would it take for you to be really frustrated? <laughs> Very. Uh, the, it, the next morning when it, I wake up and can't take a hot shower. <laughs> you're exactly right. And then let's go a step further. Let's, let's stay. Not only do you not have water, but you no longer have a plumbing system where you can use the restroom. Right. How frustrating would that be, right? It, I mean, we've all had that where we had to call a plumber or an electrician. And, oh, my gosh, our world is upside down because we cannot turn the lights on, because we cannot log on to the Internet, because we cannot turn on the water. I forgot, honey, I can't turn on the water so I can't get you know dinner ready or whatever it is. And so my point is, is really is, is one of the things that I was that really helped me have some of the great, the last three years being so, so great for me is um, on every level is because I turned to being grateful for the smallest of things. Gratitude for the smallest of things. We get what we're grateful for. Um, and so if you're grateful for, um, if you're not grateful at all, or if your focus is on um, being upset, if your focus is on why are things going wrong for you, um, then that's what you're going to get. I found that I started focusing on being grateful for the smallest of things. And so when I when I wake up in the morning, instead of looking at my screen and checking checking Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, I found myself when I wake up first thing in the morning. Of course, you, you know, people say I say my prayers and I do that, but I also go through a list of, of things that I'm grateful for. And it sounds so trivial, but it is the most powerful thing I think that has helped me over the last three years is being grateful for the smallest of things. Cause it's like a boomerang. You throw a boomerang out there. It's going to come right back out, you, right. right back to you. If you, if you start saying and feeling what you're grateful for, all of a sudden, you get more things to be grateful for. And so you had asked about how I was able to grow business and do my business over the last three years and how you know how that worked for me. The power of gratitude is more powerful than social media. And so I found that out, that I was given more to be grateful for. And so um, I learned from that. The other thing I learned was, was perspective. I started to honor other people's points of view. Mm-hmm. I realized that that you have your great way of looking things and I have my way. The way does not exist. Right. It's, it's, it's all how we have to respect each other's points of views, no matter what, if it serves, whether or not we think it's right or wrong. We're not walking in that other person's shoes. They are. It's their, it's their world that they're walking in. And who am I to tell them how they should look at it? Because... I'm only going to be with them for that moment or that few minutes. After that, they're going to be walking in their own shoes, and it's going to be their perspective that makes their world. Right? I cannot change how somebody looks at at, at something. If their experience has been uh, one of uh, of detriment and dire, it been in dire straits, and I'm telling them to look at things a little bit differently, and they're saying, "No, this is how my world is." Who am I to say how their world is? It's their world, not mine. My job is to live my own world. And so over the last three years, I did that. I lived my own world, respecting other people's point of view. And the moment I did that, I realized that that, that um, 
I'm giving myself more power to be able to focus on what I want versus trying to focus on what other people want and what what's what what they what their opinions are. And when you're on social media, you're looking at everybody's opinion. Right. And you're liking it or not mm-hmm. liking it. Well, and then the last thing I was able to do was was um, be accountable. I was accountable to everything that happened. I started realizing that instead of me pointing fingers, which I was really good at, pointing fingers as to why things weren't going my way and why this was happening. It's the government. It's the governor. Mm-hmm. It's 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 this rule. It's that person. It's that group. And I was always pointing fingers. And then once I, over the last three years, I realized that everything that happens in my world is my responsibility. And I can't tell you how freeing that is. Because then I, I can actually, once I take took ownership of that, then I can actually make a change. And in my business, I was able to make changes in certain things because I took ownership of everything. Now, that doesn't mean I can dictate circumstances because I can't dictate every circumstance. That's things right. are curveballs are going to be coming my way. And I can never do that. But what I was able to do is decide how I'm going to react to that circumstance. I'm going to do it a different way than I did in my past, right? Because there's always a way to react. Are you going to react in a, in a way that doesn't serve you, in a negative way, the way that's going to get you in trouble? Are you going to have to react in a way that is going to allow you to grow from it and be better from it and experience the pain but not live in the pain and choose to be responsible for everything that happens? So those three things really helped me over these last few years. Yeah, and for myself during that period, I... <clears throat> I I would wake up and have gratitude also. I mean, I first thing would be that I was able to wake up. And then I would tell myself, well, well, you woke up, so let's go face it. And, um, and uh, also, I, you know, I was thankful for what continued in my life. I didn't lose my job. I can, you know, I was deemed an um, essential worker, and I took that and face on, head on, and went to work every day and didn't fret, you know, you know, I took my precautions and uh, wore a mask and all the things they asked us to do and whatnot, uh, and and didn't get sick, but just to, uh, you know, you think about just the gratitude of being able to continue to work through that and stay healthy and not lose things as you hear people lose jobs and lose their homes and um, just just lose the, the, the lifestyle that they were accustomed to during that period is, is a big thing. Uh, doing, during that period, and you kind of spoke of this, but you, you, know, you had gratitude and you, had, uh, you looked at others' points of views and you, you, know, you took accountability, which was also a big thing. Nobody wanted to take a look inward and say, Okay, what part did I play in this? And I think that's a skill that a lot of people lack, even being, you know, as we leave this pandemic period to an endemic, um, the ability to look inward. I mean, at work when the craziest thing, I work in uh, uh, supply management at a major university. Um, People have trouble soon as something goes wrong, it's like looking at all the outside uh, factors that will 
what was the outside factor to cause this? And I'm one of the few people, and I've had, like my supervisor said this to me, be able to start inward and go, okay, what did I do? And then move. It's like, okay, I did everything I was supposed to do, then move outward. Was there any other skills that you learned or uh, that grew stronger or maybe even learned during that period? So, one of the things that um, that really I was able to, and I'm s- still working on, is just um, really, really just coming from a standpoint of of focusing on what I want versus and being in being in a a recognizing my feelings is 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 probably really big recognizing okay what am i feeling right now because i could be frustrated i can be irritated and when you're in sales and really we're all in sales but yeah. when you're in sales if you're irritated and frustrated you are not going to have a very good day week or month so I try to recognize recognize how I was feeling and be more in tune with my feelings. Kind of like focused on wanting to feel as good as I can in every moment. And it might be as simple as just being um, it's just it's, it's just uh, being focused on, on on being like you said, being grateful. It comes down. It really does. It comes right back to being grateful. But I just try and be in a in a mood, an attitude of gratitude, in a feeling of, of just being happy and being, and that, that, that's hard to do. So, but I try and focus on that because I, like I said before, and I've said it a couple of times, we get what we focus on. And if I can focus on being happy, if I can focus on being happy in the moment, then when I talk to that customer, when I talk to somebody who's irritated or not on that same level, no matter what their world is, it's not going to impact me the way it could be if I allow myself to get pulled into a feeling that is, uh, that it's not going to serve, that's not very serving to everybody, right? We all do that though, right? We get mad. We have emotions. Yeah. I'm not saying we can't have emotions. (laughs) I'm saying recognizing when, when you are in that emotion and you're irritated and you're mad. And I did get mad. But it, I didn't get mad very long. It was like I had that emotion. Okay, I understand it. This sucks. This is horrible. It's not working out the way I want it to. But I'm not going to stay here. Okay, now now let me focus on the solution. What is that? But I would not I would not let myself get to that point where I was um, letting something from the outside put me in a situation where it was going to keep me in a an emotion of. Uh, being irritated or frustrated for a very long period of time. You, we, our emotions are there to serve us. It's great to be happy all the time, but I'm not happy all the time. So when I got irritated, I got irritated, but then I got over it pretty quick. So I would say recognizing my feelings, um, to come back to your question, what what, what has helped, helped me during this last few years is recognizing how important our feelings are. They're an antenna. They're an antenna. And it's you're drawing in more, 
more of, of that feeling, whatever that is. Our feelings are everything. From within, so without. And that, that really comes back down to that. So we got to pay attention to what we're feeling. Right. Um, and so many of us are looking at social media and letting the, the, what we're seeing on there dictate how we feel. And that is a sad place to be because you have, then you're telling yourself that in order for me to feel good, I need to get my feelings from looking at this here versus feeling good about who you are uh, on the inside and letting that dictate and resonate. And then from that, it draws to you more of those things that you really desire out of this life. So um, those skills that helped you personally, uh, was those also the same skills that helped you? Because it sounded like you had growth in your, in your livelihood, in your business. Um, was those skills also helpful or did you learn other skills that helped the business side of your life? Oh, those, those, that helped everything. It helped everything. It helped in sales. It helped when I'm dealing with, uh, uh, with, with employees that were having a bad day, uh, empl- uh, dealing with a frustrated customer, dealing with a, uh, all those things. Um, I was just always, and it sounds so simple and it, it is, but it sounds so simple. It's, it's, it's um, what's it really? It's easy, but it's not simple. <laughs> right. um, so, so I would allow instead of trying to force business to come my way, to come our way, business just started coming our way. By I was doing the things that I needed to do with a, an expectation of good things to come. With dealing with the bumps in the road that would came, but I wouldn't focus on the bumps. I'd focus on the end result that I wanted. I expected business to grow. I expected to have great conversations. I had great conversations. I expected more business to come our way. And I don't know how it works. Call it God, call it the universe, call it source. But it just worked out that way. And it continues to work out that way. My outlook on things is, is I'm looking from a pair of glasses that the of rose-colored glasses, where everything is roses. Now I could choose to take those glasses off and look at things and say, "Well, well, you got to face reality. You got to get sales up. You got to do this. You got to do that." But when I do that, it doesn't serve me. So I try and focus on on things that are working out for me. And it's amazing what your faith will do. Um, it's amazing how things just get out of the way. Things just work out. You don't know how. And I'm not trying to force things. That's the other thing. I don't try and force things. I just try and focus on what I want. And it's amazing how the idea of a um, of who I should call that day comes up. The idea of, of, hey, you know what? Maybe we should do this comes into play. And then we take action on that. And lo and behold, things happen. Um, so when you're, when, so I try and resonate and be that positive person, but that energy field, I guess, around everybody that I talk to so I can help maybe help them out a little bit as well. And it sounds very woo-woo, and I don't know if it works. I, I, it may not work for you. It works for me. That's, I can't, I can't speak, speak about everybody else's experiences. I can only expe- speak about mine, and I can tell you that it's worked for me. And I've, I was, used to be that person who was always 
trying to force things to happen. In the last three years, I've allowed things to happen with the expectation of, of things to work out. And it's funny how life just works out that way. In the last uh, few minutes that we have together, uh, Walt, can you tell me what you see for the mortgage world here in the future? Uh, yeah. To, you know, touching yeah. on your expertise. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm in Minneapolis, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area of Minnesota. And during the shutdown and, and afterwards, the market pretty much stayed level. You know, and, and also houses, house selling level, stayed level or got higher. And what, the, what they were going for kept going up, so... I don't know how it is in Mexico, but I don't know if you can speak to any of that. Sure. Yeah. So um, the expect you know rates have risen since the pandemic. Uh, short there's a shortage of, of homes, single family homes uh, on the market across the country, and it's like that where I'm at, and it's where you're at as well. The great homes are always sell fast. Multiple offers are still here, but uh, we're expecting. Um, but now more than ever, if you are a home buyer, you are able to probably get negotiate a little more today than you were, you know, two years ago, year and a half ago, when rates were in the threes. Uh, because sellers, it was a seller's market, and rate uh, sellers were able to not make any concessions on whether it's paying close closing costs or coming down a little bit on price. Right now, with where mortgage rates are at in in the sixes. Um, more sellers are willing to make a concession and come down on price. Home buyers should take advantage of that because rates are going to come down, we think, here in the second half of this year into the probably in the mid fives, maybe the mid to high fives, but they're still going to come down. And when that happens, it's uh, the sellers are going to be even more in a position to be able to um, have multiple offers again. So it, now is a good time for home buyers to be able to buy a home that they want maybe get the seller to pay some of the closing costs that they want that they normally wouldn't in a, in a couple of years ago. And then if rates drop down and it's enough for them to refinance to a lower rate, well, you can take advantage of that. I would not wait uh, if you're a home buyer to buy a home for rates to come down. Because if you see the home that you want and it's available, make an offer, get it. I'm not saying you're gonna get it, but make an offer. Rates will come down, and when they do, that's when you can refinance down to a lower interest rate. Um, but um, we're expecting rates to come down here the second half of this year, but I would not try and time the market. Real estate has been one of the constant things over the years as, right. far, as, as far as an investment's concerned. Um, it's, it's, it just continues to go up. We've rebounded right from the 2008, the market crash. If you had that home and you were underwater years ago, you owed more in your home than what it was worth. Today, it's probably worth double. So um, real estate's still a great investment. I think if you're thinking about buying a home or investing in a property, um, today, um, yesterday was a, was a good day to invest, and today's an even better day because it's just going to continue to go up. That's just my opinion. Well, I want to thank you for uh, uh, your uh, insight and um, thoughts that you've given us today. 
Is there a way that my listeners could contact you, even you know, the business side, or even maybe continue to discuss uh, freeing oneself from so the the I was going to say evil grips, but the let's say heavy grip of social media. Well, so I'm not active on social media yet, so I would say go here. Well, I am. You can go to LinkedIn. You'll find me on LinkedIn, Walt Vieira. You'll see it. I'm author, speaker. I do speak to, um, to to different groups, including sports groups and sports teams, and um, so that's something, that is a passion of mine is uh, speaking about what we can control about control in life, not just in the business world. But they can go to LinkedIn. They can find me on there, um, Walt Vieira. And so if you do a search for Walt Vieira, you'll see you'll probably find me there. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So you see some Walt Vieiras there. Um, you'll be able to decipher by looking for somebody from New Mexico. And I'm in the mortgage and real estate industry. So that's probably the best way. Well, Walt, I'd, I'd like to thank you for your time today and your flexibility. We were supposed to have this chat a week ago, and somebody came down with food poisoning. <laughs> and it wasn't Walt. Oh. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. Well, I'm just glad we're able to talk. I really appreciate you taking time out. Uh, not a problem, and uh, I am better now. So, but that was a long three and a half days. Let's put oh. let's put it that way. Uh, again, Walt Vieira here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Thanks, Walt. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Um, all the best to you, and. Um, Look forward to speaking to you sometime soon. All right. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, text, listen to music or podcasts, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please. Drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Said cool limits should be over. Cause I long for a feeling of home. Real life depicted in song. A loving memory. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. As we go to put a bow on today's show, a lot to reflect on, a lot to think about, uh, letting outside forces control your life, your feelings, your emotions. So take time, reflect, be uh, grateful, 
as Walt said in the interview, and maybe you'll find yourself being a happier, less stressful you. A thing that's on my mind today is college sports. Is it greed or is it necessity? You hear more and more about the dissolution of the Pac-12 or maybe even the ACC trying members trying to get to places where they can join other conferences to make more money. Is it greed? Do they just want to have more, more money? Or is it necessity born out of the fact that they know that the walls are closing in on them and NIL, name, image, and likeness payments, which don't come from the schools, are only a tip of the spear and that eventually those athletes will be turned into employees and they will have to give more than just a scholarship and clothing and food and books. They will actually have to put money in their pockets directly from the schools. Just something on my mind, something to think about. As usual, tell a friend that they can find me on on Facebook. They can find me on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and other outlets. And once again, thank you for listening and remain peaceful as we move forward in our days. And thank you for listening to the JB's Load Tech Podcast. JB. is my name and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django. JB. Damn. Dolomite. Great card in heaven, you know. JB. Our great Negro sex machine.